0: Welcome to the Male Mentor Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay S. Nixon from GetMealPlans.com. This is the 18th episode in season two. I'm so excited. I'm always excited, but the co-pilot series, this is just our place where we can chat about making the plant-based lifestyle more doable, hearing from members, their real stories, making it work. And in today's episode, we're talking about eating disorders, which is something I'm always just so happy to have an open dialogue on the podcast. And I want to thank her already for coming on and sharing this because it's just one Things that get swept under the rug no one ever wants to talk about it but we have to talk about it and we have to be honest and being honest without judgment so no judgment here today big magical hugs and love to Allie, my co-pilot welcome Allie. thank you so why don't we start with i know you're a super new member you've only been with us since january which is totally cool i love having newbies on because it gives a really cool perspective but maybe you can sort of give us a little bit of a background just so we have somewhere to start
1: sure So I started like dieting. I wasn't overweight or anything when I was about 13, and then um, it got like a a serious eating disorder when I was around 14. And I went to a bunch of doctors, therapists, all that, and was pretty much recovered, according to the doctors and according to you know my parents. But really, it was always something that I struggled with, up and down. You know, some some months that I I would feel totally fine, some months I would feel like I was right back where I was at my lowest point. Mm -hmm. So um, it's just been. A lot of ups and downs, a lot of different little chapters. But when I went away to college, I realized that I didn't really have to be eating meat. Like I never really enjoyed eating meat, so I just stopped after like two months of eating grilled chicken at college in a dining hall. I realized I didn't have to, and I could eat whatever I wanted. Mm-hmm. So I started eating more plant-based. I never really enjoyed cheese, so that was never an issue for me. So I wasn't vegan. I wasn't even vegetarian. So I was eating fish, and I was eating animal products when I went home to my parents' house, but it was probably like 75% plant-based, vegan, um, just based on my food preferences. Mm-hmm. It was really easy for me to actually go full on when I did, which was about four years ago almost. And it was actually just after a really bad restaurant experience where they didn't disclaim that there was bacon in the Brussels sprouts and that was just like, all right, this is it. I'm all vegan. Like there's no room no <laughs> for error anymore. <laughs>
0: It's so funny. You're like, I had this traumatic Brussels sprouts experience. And that's why I'm vegan. I love it. (laughs) One thing I really appreciated you saying was that your eating disorder, it was an up and down. And I think that's one of the things that people don't realize is that it's like a long term struggle. Yeah, it might be longer periods that things are good. But I always felt that way too, that people would just say, Oh, hey, you're cured. And it's like, wait, well, no, I just have it together right now.
1: Yeah, definitely. I always try to refer to it as like how I manage my eating disorder because the term recovery is so like, well, am I there yet? Is it, am I fully recovered? You know, Mm -hmm. do I still have an eating disorder? So it's just, I like to think of it in terms of how I'm managing it.
0: Right, absolutely. And that's something I go with with overeating, just because let's say I go six months without a single overeating episode. That's awesome. But that doesn't mean I'm never going to have one ever again, if my life gets crazy, or I'm just not in full control, or I'm not managing it well. Yep, absolutely. And I also love that you didn't say you enjoyed cheese because I thought I was alone on that island. Like I was never a cheese person. I would rip cheese off pizza at like slumber parties where pizza was served. I just didn't get it. And my husband was a cheese fanatic yeah. and my sister was a cheese All these people are cheese fanatics. And I was like, I guess, so you make me feel so good. <laughs> I know. Everyone is like, how did you give up the cheese? I was like, it was actually the easiest thing I've done.
1: Yes, <laughs> <ever."> exactly. <laughs> Me
0: too. And I always have such, you know, I, I feel for people who it was a real struggle for because I watched my husband struggle so hard. And I was like, that just wasn't my struggle, guys. Yeah. <laughs> But I love, too, that, you know, it was your food preferences that sort of guided you. Because we always hear different reasons. You know, a lot of people have health issues or Mm -hmm. they're very moved by the plight of farm animals. But that's how it was for me. Like, I just never really enjoyed meat. And again, as I said, I didn't really like cheese. And so it was a very natural progression for me. And so I was excited to hear that was your progression. Yeah.
1: And another thing is that when I was 14, 15, dealing with like the longer period of eating disorder... I got really, like, obsessed with nutrition and learned a lot about it. So that also led me to my preferences, you know.
0: Oh, that makes sense, too. You were really empowered by the information you knew.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, there was one point where, like, it was
0: like a game for all my friends. Like, name some random food and now I can tell you how many calories there are in it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's how it is at HQ. Like, Carly and Beth and I, we can always spat it off because we're always thinking of it with, like, meal plans. And I'm like, this is crazy. We're like the walking book of the calorie index. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <gasps> so your eating disorder happened when you were 14, which is 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 a young age, but that's actually a very common age for my understanding for people to start having sort of eating disorders. And I know that for me, I never really had any idea about like my body or that it looked different until an adult pointed it out to me and, you know, I was at a pool party and I felt really cool and I was definitely sort of coming into that pre-teen, so a little bit earlier than 14, and they were like, well, you know, you have fat rolls, and that was it. That was the moment for me where I became very conscious of my body. I started to realize that my body looked different, and it's such a, you know, 14 is such a hard age for everyone, but I think it's especially hard for girls. And so was like, what was your situation like? Was it that, did you have like an experience where someone maybe pointed out that your body was different? Like, how did it all start? It was never one thing that I can
1: pinpoint like that. Although that's also that someone said that to you. I think I've just always been hyper aware of my body. Even as a younger child, I remember like feeling sad at certain times and I wasn't overweight, you know what I mean? But there would be days or weeks where I was aware. You know, I would, like, suck in my stomach a lot as, like, a seven-year-old. Like, for what? No one's around. (laughs) Right, right, right. And I just think that I just got so aware of, like, my body and how much space it was taking up. And I just wanted to, in general, just, like, take up less space.
0: Right. It's a weird way to put it, but. No, I know what you're saying (laughs) so well. And I feel like you either get it or you don't. But I know what you mean, like, I – and that Mm -hmm. was something I remember, too, is – I remember not being comfortable sitting in the chairs at school because they were so small. Because they're made for children, but when you're a little bit on the bigger side of the children's spectrum, it's uncomfortable. Definitely. And, like, I I even think back to the desks. You know how, like, the desk was attached to the seat? And it was difficult for me to get in and out of those. And I'm like, do they still have those in (laughs) schools? Because it was a struggle. I know. (laughs) Right? I was like, with the the epidemic that we're now facing, it does make me wonder. Definitely. They're going to have to buy all new desks and chairs. Right? I was like, "Mm." (laughs) hmm. Yeah, so many. uh, It's so, oh. And then, oh, don't even start me on school lunch. We'll never get off that topic. (laughs) I know. uh, So one thing that's always helped me, of course, is being honest. That's why I'm so glad you're being so honest today is just to really be transparent. And I feel like I wish so many people would have told me that my feelings, like even if they weren't maybe healthy for me, that they were okay to have, and then I could work through them. Is there any advice that you would give someone else who is struggling from an eating disorder, particularly at a younger age? Particularly at a younger age? I don't know, because It's still, you know,
1: it's still getting better for me. I still have days where I'm just like, I wish I could like shut it off, you know, Mm -hmm. and just not think about it. It's really just been like over time. But with the meal mentor community, particularly, it's awesome because everyone is so honest and so Mm -hmm. transparent. And that's great. And everyone has different issues around food, around eating, and just the fact that we realize, okay, I'm not the only one who thinks I'm super weird. Like everyone else feels like that too. Everyone has their little thing, you know, even if you're not eating disordered at all.
0: <laughs> no, that's you know? so true. Like, my husband, I don't feel like he has any kind of eating disorder. I mean, I've been with him for 12 years. I think I just sniffed it out by now. But yeah, <laughs> um, But at the same time, even someone who doesn't have any kind of diagnosable eating disorder, he's got his issues, just like you were saying. Like, he can't control himself around peanut butter. He's a perfectly reasonable person, but he can't control <laughs> himself around peanut butter, and that's his issue. So we just... You know, we don't have peanut butter in the house for him. Yeah.
1: When I started dating my girlfriend, like I'm a hot sauce fanatic and she like wasn't putting hot sauce on her food and I was like, What, you don't like spicy food? She was like, No, I like spicy food, but I don't like hot sauce because of the butter and I was like, What? There's no butter in hot sauce. I wouldn't eat it (laughs) And it's because she's from Buffalo, so she always associated like Buffalo wings with like just buttery fried sauce and hot sauce. She thought hot sauce and buffalo sauce are the same thing so now she eats
0: hot sauce (laughs) oh my gosh you know it's so funny I so my only introduction to hot sauce I'd never had it before until I moved to California and then it's on the table like like salt is on the table everywhere everywhere else in America (laughs) yeah and so I started experimenting and found that there was many different kind of hot sauces and they also kind of some were mild and some were explosive but And I knew of hot wings, but I think my only experience with hot wings was like Hooters, which I never went to. But then Mm -hmm. my husband, he's Southern, we were visiting his friends and I mentioned I like hot sauce and his friend was like, you eat that? And I was really confused, but now I'm realizing, oh, it's because when he makes wings, he does equal parts butter to hot sauce. Yeah. (laughs) And I forgot about that until you said that, but that's really fascinating that that's what your girlfriend thought too, like that hot sauce is like cut with butter basically yeah so you know everyone has these little things that they don't even realize Mm -hmm. with food you know yeah and I mean I recently realized with hot sauce too even though I love it I was just like dumping it on I was going through a bottle a week and I was like I need to like check myself (laughs) (laughs) I saw that I saw that and I had always like thought of that thought of the sodium hot sauce but since I
1: was eating mostly whole foods Mm -hmm. like whatever like that's pretty much my only processed food. It
0: can have a lot of sodium. Right. Me too. I was like, well, there's no salt anywhere else because I make a lot of stuff from scratch and even things I buy that are canned or frozen, like canned tomatoes, I always buy the no salt added. So like, what does it matter? And then one day I yeah. kind of did the math and was like, oh my goodness, I could very easily be getting to like over 500 milligrams of sodium with my generous use of the hot sauce. So, <laughs> Yeah, when like you're putting it on three meals a day. Definitely. And I think so- and I put it on everything. Oh, I'm having a baked yeah. potato as a snack. Let me put some hot sauce. Oh, it's dinner time. Let me put some hot sauce. Oh my God.
1: Yeah. So I've been incorporating a lot more um cayenne yeah, in my diet too. Instead of hot sauce, trying to cook with it more
0: mm-hmm. instead of
1: putting hot sauce on everything. And trying to just like that's another thing, another like weird like eating disorder behavior that I have is that I feel like I use hot sauce as like a coping mechanism. Like, if I'm pissed off, like, I will definitely put more hot sauce on. And that's weird, but, like, it's a correlation that's very obvious to me in my life. Wow. (laughs) So I try to, like, take myself away from – it's, like, just trying to not use that behavior as a coping mechanism. Even though, like, even if the sodium is fine, it's, like, you can live without it. You're going to be fine.
0: Yeah, you're blowing my mind right now because I just realized – so I had this, like, coming-to-Jesus moment with ketchup a few years ago that I would – be done eating my food, and then I would put ketchup on it so I could eat the rest of it. And I was like, wait, wh- why am I putting ketchup on it just to get it down? Like, I should just stop eating. And you just made me realize I did that with hot sauce, like, just in this moment. <laughs> really? Yeah. You just blew my mind. But it is, like, I feel like it's a coping <laughs> mechanism for me, too. <laughs> yeah. <Definitely. sighs> And the, it's funny. So since I've cut back, I've, I would want it. And I'd be like, no, I can eat this without it. It's fine. But at the same time, I remember when I was growing up, my mom would tell me never to put salt on my food, like to first taste it. And then if I want to add salt, mm-hmm. to add salt. But it's like rude to basically get served food and then immediately put salt on it before tasting it. And I don't know. I don't. Even, she said it once. She probably doesn't even remember. it, But that stuck with me. And now I'm thinking about that with hot sauce. <laughs>
1: Yeah, my dad told me that, too. He's like, taste it. You don't need salt or pepper. You don't know yet.
0: Right, and yeah. Since then, since he said that, I always, you know, I always try. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I don't, but... Yeah, <laughs> sometimes I don't. Yeah, oh, my gosh. <sighs> Major discoveries in this episode, guys. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I See, that's so funny. Your parents said that, too, because I thought that was, like, me, but apparently... Lots of commonality today. Yeah. So one other thing I definitely wanted to talk to you about today was eating in social situations. Yes. So maybe you have two perspectives, not just as a plant-based eater, but also as someone who has previously had an eating disorder or, as we've been saying, is still in recovery, just in check today.
1: Mm -hmm. It's something that my struggles with it is more on the side of the eating disordered side because... Like sometimes I'll get like nervous when eating in front of people. Sometimes mm-hmm. I don't know. That that used to be more of more play in my life that like I wouldn't want to eat like with other people. So already with that, I was you know, as sixteen years old I was already like eating before social gatherings. So I kind of have that down now since I can't eat the animal based food anyways. Right, <laughs> so right. that kind of like gave me an easy step up there. But um from the plant based side, um, eating in social situations, I find that I try not to push it on people, but I get really excited when they ask questions because I like to share things that I've learned over the years, you know? Mm -hmm. And just, I think that the main thing is to be prepared to know in advance, like what you're going to do so that maybe you eat beforehand, maybe you eat something small beforehand and then eat something small at the restaurant. Right. Because sometimes, yeah, you can make it work at restaurants. You can always make it work. And if not, you're not going to die. You can eat in an hour. But sometimes it is nice to like take part. So like last weekend, um, I was going out to dinner with a bunch of friends and I was just going to eat beforehand. And I was like, oh, that's going to like kind of be sad. Like, you know, I want to take part. So I looked at the menu. I saw they had like a salad with corn and black beans. Perfect. And like cheese and like sour cream. But obviously I left that off. But, um, I didn't want just that because we were like going out, um, to have a few drinks afterwards. So I didn't want like just a salad. So I had a little snack before I left and putting them together. Made a meal, made me be able to enjoy my situation and didn't leave me feeling hungry, you know? So I think that's important too.
0: That's awesome. finding the balance, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and because eating is such a huge social thing, just it's – I enjoy cooking for others. I also enjoy sharing a meal with the people that I care about and that I love. And then there's just some – no matter how hard I try, just so many things revolve around food in our culture. Like, I can try all day long to get friends to go for hikes, but sometimes we just can't. It's nighttime or they don't want to. And it's like, well, what am I not going to do? Am I not going to see my friends? Yeah, exactly. It's a tough balance to find. <laughs> right. And one thing I know a lot of our members, you know, post in the forums is a lot of times is they fear being different. You know, ordering something different maybe than the rest of their friends. Do you do you ever feel that way? Do you have any advice about that? I do feel that way sometimes. Um, a lot of the time
1: because I don't want to ask for food like to be I know that a lot of members I mean you have had success asking for food to not be cooked in oil. Mm -hmm. But like for me, like if I was out with my family and I asked that, that would send up a red flag for them. They would think, you know, are you back in your eating disorder? Why can't you eat oil? So that's something that like, I still don't know how I'm going to deal with as a parent's like avoiding oil. And I'm just going to leave it down to what the truth is, which is like fat is fine, but I prefer it in the whole food form. I would rather eat the olive than the olive oil. Right. But I think when um, other members, feel different and they don't want to I kind of think of it like well you are different and just embrace who you are like that's you know you're not going to offend anyone no one cares what you're doing and you are different you're making healthier choices you're you know what goes into your body and that's that's awesome
0: yeah absolutely I love that idea okay you are different so just embrace it yeah (laughs) there's no getting around it (laughs) and I love that you point out that nobody cares and I think that's really true I mean in your case obviously you know it might throw a up a red flag, as you said, with your family because they're concerned and they're worried. But I find a lot of times if they care, it's only momentarily. And a lot of time it's more curious than judgment per yeah, se. Absolutely. It's definitely more curiosity. And, but you sit there and you're them. like building it up in your mind, like, oh my God, they're judging me. Yeah. <laughs> and I find, yeah, I've it's been rare that I've had people who can't accommodate. And even when they can't 100% accommodate, they definitely try their best. But yeah, I've I've been eating. I've been taking a lot of business meetings with people who don't necessarily know me and so they don't know what I'm about or how I eat. And a lot of times they're just like, oh, that sounds really interesting or, oh, wow, your meal looks really good when you were ordering and I wasn't so sure. And a lot of times you're like, I have to ask, why did you order that way? But then it becomes an educational opportunity. And like you, I really like to inform people when, they, when they're interested in learning. Yeah, definitely. So you mentioned before that you you became really obsessed with learning about nutrition and that guided a lot of your food choices. And that's how I feel too. I feel, and I think a lot of members experience this, that once you start to know, it just gives you more confidence and more motivation to stick with it. Were there any things that really stuck out with you that really surprised you and have continued to be sort of a guiding light or at least a mantra for like why you continue to make these good choices? I think that I learned about
1: like antioxidants and I was like when I found out that black beans had antioxidants, they became my favorite food. And, you know, <laughs> I thought, I like, still to this day, I kind of think, I know that you think potatoes are the perfect food. I think black beans are the perfect food. You know,
0: they're mm-hmm.
1: high complex carbs, low fat, protein and fiber. You got it all. And so I love black beans and I love all beans for that reason. <laughs> but also, I don't know if this, like, kind of answers the question. It might I wanted to share with you and the other members that I think of animal products kind of as, like, processed whole foods. I want to get right to the source. I want to eat the plants that the animals oh. are eating to make the milk, you know? Mm-hmm. And if, you, if you're eating the animal, why don't you just eat what the animal eats and then no one dies? And it's better for you.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, I've actually said that a few times as sort of like my snarky rebuttal. Like, well, you're just taking out the middleman. Yes, exactly. Like, I mean, really, I'm like the cow ate the grass, so you're just like taking out the middleman. But it's true though, and that's that's such a good point. I never would have thought to think of it as processed whole foods, but that is such a brilliant point. That's really true. It's what it is. Yeah. Oh, I like that thinking. I definitely, (laughs) I definitely like that thinking. It's more of a processed whole food. Yeah. No, it is true, and it's one of those things it's really funny when you say that because I've had people they're just surprised they're like what I'm like yeah did you not know that your cow didn't eat cheeseburgers
1: yeah your cow is not growing from the ground
0: (laughs) I'm like that protein you're so obsessed with it was made from grass (laughs) yeah oh my goodness so I actually had written a note about the social situations and um So one thing was, is I know that I'm very fortunate that most of my friends are curious. They don't say something. But sometimes it does happen where someone says something that's kind of mean or it might make you feel uncomfortable. And so my Mm -hmm. kind of way of dealing with that when it happens is, okay, well, oh, well, they said what they want. I'm not going to change their mind. And what matters is, is like, why, why should I please them? Like, shouldn't I please myself? Do you have any strategies? And I, cause I know you probably deal with a little bit of suspicion with your family, given your history.
1: Yeah. I guess with, with my family, they really, they know that it comes down to how, like, how I seem to them. So even if I make a weird decision based on food and they kind of get suspicious at the end of the day, like that's not the only thing that they're basing it off of because as they've seen, I can seem totally fine when I, food choice based, but really am not. So.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's so individual anyway, too. You're always like, Oh, well, I don't know. Everyone has a different level of comfort and where they're, yeah. it, but I do think like if you just continually, make the same choices over and over, you start to build that confidence, which I think it applies to everything. The more you do it, the more confident you are. And it's just, it's your health. Who cares what everyone else thinks? Like this is so integral to your overall happiness in your life, you know? Exactly. It's why are those persons opinions of you more important than your own opinions of yourself or why make them happy? I love that whole cost benefit analysis thing. Well, the, to make them happy, I cost myself this. Do I really put their happiness above my own? Yeah, and is that it? Just seems so backwards when I think about that. When
1: people say, "Oh well, I had to eat this because I was out with friends and didn't want to upset them." Well, why are, why are they going to be upset? Aren't they going to be upset when like you get diagnosed with some illness or when, when you're just not totally yourself and happy? If you're with people mm-hmm. that
0: care about you, they don't, they're not going to care. And that's a really good point, because I often say, well, what if you, were, you did have that medical condition? What if it was non-negotiable? There truly was no choice in the matter, because you would be sick, would you still do it? And then two, I think about, okay, let's say I made a birthday cake for you, and you're coming over and I'm so excited I made you this birthday cake, and then you tell me, oh my gosh, Lindsay, I'm so sorry, I'm allergic to some ingredient in the cake. I wouldn't be upset that you didn't eat it. I might feel sad that I don't have a cake that you can eat, but I'm not going to not be your friend anymore. Yeah. And so I tell people that all the time. I'm like, if you think that someone's going to be upset or offended, ask yourself if you would be, if the roles were reversed. And chances are you would just be happy that, you know, you're with your friend. And, oh, man, that stinks that it didn't work out exactly as you'd hoped. That's
1: a very good point, yeah.
0: So that's one of my new things, too, because I'm just like, well, and it's funny that you said you love black beans. I actually love black beans. I didn't know they had antioxidants, but beans are the magical fruit in so many ways, and I wish that I could eat them. But ever since I haven't been able to eat them, people are like, oh, my God, you can't have beans. How do you survive as a vegan? Amazingly, (laughs) I do. But it, yeah. (laughs) Maybe it's beans, kales, and potato. That's I'm trying to decide where like the three most perfect things yeah. ever. and I think that's it. I think we just decided
1: I think so. My one of my go-to meals is um or like formulas, formulas, a, a grain, a bean a green. and but that grain is usually a potato It's more like a starch a bean a green. but
0: yeah I just don't yeah rice doesn't do it for me as good as a potato but I do like the idea yeah I understand that yeah I'm just like I try I totally get it I'm so glad because and I know I posted that in like the forums be like hey guys is it just me or do you find potatoes are more like satisfying and the hunger and they're like oh my god yes I'm like oh that's why I love the member forums is because like I can find out that I'm definitely not alone on a lot of things
1: yeah I think that it's a great tool. Like the, obviously, the meal plans are great, but really, what's gonna enforce, you know,
0: you keeping using them? I
1: feel like is the great community that we have. It's
0: awesome. Ugh, everyone's so supportive. I, for everyone who's listening who hasn't experienced it yet, maybe you have been shy in joining the forums or maybe you just haven't joined Meal Mentor yet. You have to just for the people. It's just like like Ali's been saying, just knowing that you can say whatever you feel, even the worst thing that you think you could possibly ever think, someone else is feeling it too and will be there for you. Yeah. Well, it has been so fun having you on, Allie. But before I let you go, is there any other little gems or wisdoms or advice you'd like to impart to our listeners today? Hmm. Um, well, one thing that I
1: have, when I'm having, like, a rough day, I don't know where I picked this up, but it's, um, I call them Today I Will. Okay. And just, like, one statement or two statements, and it's easy because it's not it's not a long-term thing. It's just, I'm having a rough day, but today I will. Eat what I have planned for dinner. That's it, and like it's as simple as that. As simple as today, I will.
0: I love and that's that. That's
1: helped me just on little rough days. Yeah, I thought thought you'd like it. <laughs> I love it. And um, yeah. Um, and it's gotten me through because you think to yourself, it's one thing you can do this one thing just today. You don't have to do it tomorrow. You know, just get through the day, and by tomorrow, it's not going to be a problem anymore. And then another thing that's just really helped me with this: if anyone is having trouble, if anyone's not feeling motivated, you know, stick to it. I just have like a just do it attitude. Like just get it done. It's, you know, batch cooking. It's two, three hours of your day. What what are you going to be doing? Otherwise, just get it done. You're going to thank yourself later. And that's just helped me on some days that I'm just not feeling motivated.
0: And I agree with you completely. Like I have times where I don't feel motivated, but I'm like, just go do it. You'll feel better once it's done. And even if you don't, whatever, then it's done. (laughs) Like, You don't lose in this scenario. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. You don't lose. Yeah, my husband has a sticker on his desk and I always, every time I see it, I swear it says Jedi, which just says what a gigantic Star Wars nerd I am, but it's not Jedi, (laughs) it's actually J-F-D-I and it stands for just expletive, do it. (laughs) (laughs) So good. And I was like, yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, it has been so much fun talking with you today. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. For everyone who wants to learn more, you can visit GetMealPlans.com. I'm your host, Lindsay S. Nixon. Allie was my co-pilot. I appreciate her. And you really imparted some serious good tips today. So I'm really excited about this episode. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Have a great night.